Today, for our scripture reading, we'll be reading the farewell of the Apostle Paul to the Corinthian church. He has given them a charge over the first number of chapters to repent and to turn from their sins, and then he followed that up with speaking about the the grace and mercy of God in Jesus Christ, especially in chapter 15, leading up to this high point in chapter 15 of the the uh, hope that we have in Jesus Christ who has been raised from the dead and, that, uh, and he's been speaking to them about how this is a firm, sure, and, and certain hope. And on that note, he now wraps everything up in this final chapter. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you, members of the Corinthian church he's writing to, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. And when I come, whomever you approve by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. But if it is fitting that I go also, they will go with me. Now I will come to you when I pass through Macedonia, for I am passing through Macedonia. And it may be that I will remain or even spend the winter with you, that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not wish to see you now on the way, but I hope to stay a while with you, if the Lord permits. But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. And if Timothy comes, see that he may be with you without fear, for he does the work of the Lord, as I also do. Therefore let no one despise him, but send him on his journey in peace, that he may come to me, for I am waiting for him with the brethren. Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to come to you with the brethren, but he was quite unwilling to come at this time. However, he will come when he has a convenient time. Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that you also submit to such and to everyone who works and labors with us. I am glad about the coming of Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus, for what was lacking on your part they supplied, for they refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore acknowledge such men. The churches of Asia greet you, Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. All the brethren greet you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The salutation with my own hand, Paul's. If anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. O Lord, come. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. Our text for today will be verses 13 and 14. Watch, 
Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, this Sunday is the last Sunday that I will be standing in the pulpit before you as your pastor. We will be around for a few months yet, certainly, but as of April 1, I will no longer be your pastor. How can I express my love for you all? How can I encourage you for a last time? What words would be sufficient? These farewell words of the Apostle Paul spring to mind. In his farewell to the church at Corinth, the Apostle Paul brings forward four commands for the congregation there. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave and be strong. You can imagine the picture that he paints here. He almost treats them like soldiers, like, like fellow comrades in this spiritual war to whom he's giving a fond and final farewell. And the picture that he paints is, is one of men who will be left behind standing guard over a city, standing guard against the enemy and keeping watch day and night over what was entrusted to their care. They can do this because they know in whom their hope is founded. As the Apostle Paul reminded them in chapter 9, they don't run aimlessly. They don't fight as those beating the air. The believers in the church of Corinth, whom he's saying farewell to, know for what reason they are running and fighting. It's because Jesus Christ is their Savior. He is the one who has laid hold of them. He suffered for them. He died for them. He was raised from the dead and he was taken into heaven. He has won the victory and he is preparing a place for them. It's not the Apostle Paul who kept them faithful. It wasn't ever him. It was Christ. He whose name is faithful and true. We are faithful because he is faithful. So in him, as soldiers belonging to him, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave and be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. And we'll see this under the following theme, a final farewell. First of all, a call to faithfulness, and second, a call to love. The first word of farewell that the apostle Paul gives is, watch. And the picture is one of a, a night watchman, one who is always on the alert and on the lookout, and the call is, stay awake, be watchful. But what is this watchman looking for? The word that's used here is most commonly used in the New Testament to refer to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a word that's also used in Mark 13, brings us back to Christ's words in Mark 13. But of that day and that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch, and pray, 
for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, that Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. But while Christ's words are a warning and, and one that we should take to heart, the apostles, Paul's words are words of comfort among his words of farewell. He's saying, watch, wait with eager expectation. Don't lose heart, even though at times things may seem rough. Remember the different matters that were dealt with in Corinth in this letter. They were going through a lot of difficulties. When we live life, it can be easy to be caught up in the difficulties and in the challenges, being overwhelmed by the simple day-to-day aspects and being choked by the weeds of the worries and cares of this life. But here, Christ reminds us to live life watchfully, to live life eagerly, looking forward to that final return of our Lord and Master. The second word of farewell that the Apostle Paul gives them is stand fast in the faith. Stand fast, looking back and looking forwards. As faith, our faith is a faith that looks back and a faith that looks forwards. Looking back, be firmly committed in the conviction of the worth of the finished work of Jesus Christ. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, his death for our sins, the resurrection, and the hope the hope that lies in store, as he described it in chapter 15. This inheritance that we have been given, this inheritance that is already ours in Christ because of his finished work for those who love him. What does that inheritance look like? Well, let me read to you this beautiful and hope-filled passage that we can look forward to from 1 Corinthians 15. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And having begun with describing this inheritance, which he specifically refers to in verse 51, he now concludes with these words in verse 58. Therefore, 
In light of all of that, in light of Christ's victory and the inheritance that is already ours in him, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And so that steadfastness looks back on the inheritance that has been given to us that is already ours in Jesus Christ. But those words teach us not just to look back, but also to look ahead. When we live in life, we can run into times that are uncertain. But here, Christ reminds us of what, we can, of what lies in store for us. Yes, the church of Corinth has times that are uncertain, and there are challenges in its midst, factions, sin in their midst, strife and sorrow. It feels like almost every human misery that could be found under the sun could be found among them. But the gospel is also there. Jesus is also there. And so they can look forward to a day holding on to Jesus Christ when they will be joined together among that great cloud of witnesses in eternity. And when all of the sin and all of the pain and all of the sorrow that they are struggling with in the moment, in the here and now, will be something that is gone by. When that promise of that inheritance, that promise of that corruption being removed and being given what is incorruptible and change, eternal change, when we are completely cleansed and clothed in immortality, when that promise is ours in full. And so in that hope, looking back and looking ahead, be steadfast because you have a sure promise to stand on. Be brave and be strong. These are the second, or these are the, these are the third and fourth commands and encouragements that the Apostle Paul gives. The literal translation of the word here, be brave, is act like men. Or be men of good courage and be strong. This next phrase is one that's found very infrequently in the New Testament. But if we look further back in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, this pair of words comes back time and time again to encourage God's people to have courage in the face of danger, especially from one's enemies. In Joshua chapter 1, for example, we read how the Lord spoke to Joshua who took over after Moses, saying, As I was with Moses, so I will also be with you, Joshua. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and be very courageous. Now, as we can see from those words in the Old Testament, where we find them in the Old Testament, this call to be strong and courageous is not saying that they themselves are strong and courageous people. 
And we see this coming back in the New Testament as well. When the Apostle Paul speaks to them, he doesn't just speak about this here in this letter. But in his second letter, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, he reminds them that their courage and their strength lies in something outside themselves. We read there, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on me. And we can remember that we can be strong, not because we ourselves are strong, but because the Lord Jesus was strong. And in our weakness, his power rests on us. The minds of the Corinthian church and your minds today as well are called to go back to the promises of God that he will never leave you or forsake you. The faithful members of the Corinthian church desperately needed that reminder. In their society, there were always people around them who were ready to ridicule believers for their faith or even persecute them. And on top of that, they faced the tension of factions within the church, forming groups in the name of Paul, Apollos, and Cephas, although none of those men would have wanted that. They were facing constant attacks from the devil inside and out. And so the reminder of God's presence, the reminder of the promise of God's presence that came with the words, be brave and be strong, or be strong and courageous, was hugely encouraging for the people of Corinth. And it's a promise that is true for you today in Jesus Christ. It would give them a reminder of God's grace towards them in Jesus Christ and the promise of his presence. If only they remembered the God who brought them there. But no amount of watchfulness, firmness in the faith, strength, or courage would do them any good without the final reminder to love one another. And this brings us to our second point. Let everything be done in love. This final call of the Apostle Paul is the heart of the gospel. The whole law of God is fulfilled in the call to love God and to love our neighbor. And the whole life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for his people showed us that love made manifest. It's a truly important thing to remember this last call of the Apostle Paul and something that we cannot do without in the Christian life. Hold on to this, loved ones. The Apostle John, one of the other apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, he speaks to the importance of love in his letter and he speaks a warning to those who put love by the wayside. In 1 John 2, verses 9 to 11, we read, He who says that he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And he comes to this again in 1 John 3, the verses 10 to 11. 
In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. You'll notice it's not just the question of practicing righteousness. Righteousness is deeply important for the people of God, and, and that's why the Apostle Paul was calling the Corinthian church what he was calling them to when he calls them to stand washed, to stand firm in the faith, to be brave and be of courage. He's encouraging them through those words to, to walk in righteousness as they wait for the day of the Lord's coming. But it's not just righteousness. They also need to act in love. And John points out that he who does not love his brother is not of God. Such a command is not original to John either. John goes on to say in verse 23 of his first letter, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us his commandment. It is the Lord's commandment, the Lord Jesus, who is love, who calls us to love. But in light of all of that, it's also important to remember that the Lord Jesus, who is love, is also the one who gives us the strength and the courage and the patience to continue to love one another. As John writes in his first letter, chapter 4, verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Now, we know ourselves. We're not very lovable creatures in and of ourselves. We can see that from day to day. Our natural inclinations lead to all kinds of, of strife and unhealthy conflict avoidance that just results in resentment buried and simmering underneath. This is our human nature. And yet, despite all of that, he first loved us. And he gives us the promise in that. He gives us the promise where we fall short and come to him in repentance that he will forgive us. He picks us up. He renews and refreshes us with his love and with his spirit. And he calls us to love once again. The Apostle Paul, in calling the Corinthian church to this love, is reminding them of the words of Jesus, just like John did. But he's also reminding them of how he taught them to love in the context of his letter to them as well. 1 Corinthians 13. What does this love look like practically? Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Not too long ago, you heard, on a, heard a sermon on that particular passage by a different pastor. 
that said we can love because we see the name of Jesus there first, that Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus does not envy or boast. Jesus bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. So now as you look ahead and you hear the call of the Apostle Paul, remembering in light of that what the Lord Jesus has done for us, pray that for the sake of Christ you too may embody this kind of love in the days ahead for each other. Pray that for the sake of Christ you may by His power Put your name wherever the word love is found. Being in Christ, that your name can be found wherever love is found. And where you do fall short, where do you do fall short of this command of God sent to us through the apostle, you can come to him in repentance. This is the promise that he gives. He forgives you in his love. He picks you up. He renews and refreshes you with his love. And he calls you to love once again. But it must be found and grounded in him. We can't truly love each other if we try to find it all in ourselves or try to find it in a fellow human being. The only foundation for a firm and lasting love is if you have it grounded in Christ. And so it's knowing in whom our hope is founded that we can find that stability, that we can find this love. We don't find this in ourselves. You don't find it in each other. The only way that we can find this stability is to find it outside of ourselves in Christ. And then as we look to him, we seek to be found in him, clothed in him as he is patient and kind. So too, we can truly begin to do everything in a genuinely, sacrificially loving way. Our cup is filled up by Christ's sacrificial love. In Christ's we are clothed with him. We are clothed with new garments in his blood, in his love. And so, because of that, our cup runs over to those who are around. Loved ones in Jesus Christ, hear no one sound, as you hold tight to him and as you remember his love, your cup will flood over to each other as well. Remember this as you remember this call to love one another. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, remember this. There are not enough words of thanks or words of love that I could share beyond this. However, I leave you with our love and with these words of our God, in his power and in the confidence of what he has already done for you in Jesus Christ. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave 
and be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. And in the closing words of the Apostle Paul in our passage, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 23, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen.